You know, just to remind us, there are certain psalms right now that are like really key strategic psalms for the hour. And one of them is uh, Psalm chapter 2. Psalm 11 is another one. Psalm 12, Psalm 13, Psalm 14. You know, I mean, mean, there's a bunch. Proverbs, you know, it doesn't matter. But but those two psalms are really powerful. And Psalm 2, it speaks about when the nations rage and the people plot vain things, inaccurate things that are going on. And, you know, it says, he that sits in the heavens, and we've talked about this before, but he it sits in the heavens will do what? He'll laugh, but he, but he doesn't laugh forever. He stops laughing, and then he speaks to those nations in his displeasure and in his wrath. And uh, so, anyway... But in the midst of all of that that's going on, you read Psalm 2, you say, wow, this is like a word for the hour. And then it says that in the midst of all the uproar and the things that are going on, you know, deception and propaganda and everything, he says that's the very time to do what that scripture on the wall at the back over that door, that's the time that you're to pray that scripture. Turn around and look at that. I want us just to quote it out loud. Because this is in Psalm 2. In the midst of all the raging and the plotting and the vain things, read it with me. He said, ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Now, wouldn't that be like God in the midst of what the enemy is doing? God has a different strategy. He has a different agenda than what anyone else on the earth. Now, we're in a real war. We're not backing off of that. We understand. But we know it's a spiritual conflict. Most of all, that's what it is. It's being played out in the natural. I was telling somebody, you know, the Lord already told us it's going to be wars and rumors. Rumors means that not everything you're hearing is the truth about what's happening. Lots of rumors. Anyway, we're people of the truth. And, we, and if, we don't even, if we don't know all the truth, we know the one who is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Now go with me to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to go into some things, touch on a number of things this morning, but then really get to what God is doing in that flag over there. Not in that flag, but the nation that that flag represents. But Acts chapter 2, and uh, so we, this is all building up. Verse 16. He says, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God. Now, when you read that scripture, you're quoting what God said. There's a little authority behind that. When God says, says God, that means that's pretty good. And you know, we know that there's a lot that's not only coming to pass we know there are other things that are you know they're just coming to an end but this is coming to pass that in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy your young men shall dream dreams or see visions your old men will dream dreams my men servants maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days and you shall prophesy now that's that word basically means what 
that you hear from heaven, you hear from God, and you speak what God is saying. It's not thus saith you, it's thus saith the Lord. But you don't have to say thus saith the Lord if you're speaking for the Lord. The people listening will know that's a word from heaven. It's not a word of man. They'll know the difference. But then he goes on and he says, and I, now this is the part you have to read in the same context. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome, or some versions say terrible. There's the great and the terrible, or the awesome, day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I saw in that scripture two come to pass, two things that were to come to pass. There's some things passing away, other things coming to pass. We minor on what's passing away, and we major on what's coming to pass. That's how we keep our sanity, and that's how you walk in the truth. You know, you, you see what's happening, what God is doing. We're in the world, but we're not of it. How I many of you would agree? Now, there's some events that um, are going to be happening that we need to be aware of as the church. You know, we need to have an understanding of the times. Because if you don't understand the times, you know what you're going to do? You're going to parrot what ABC tells you to say. You're just going to repeat the mantra. You know, okay, this is what's happening. And a lot of believers are repeating what the world is saying. Do you think those who have lied to us, what, six years, oh, longer than that, are now suddenly telling us the truth? You really think so? They flipped the switch, and now they're vessels of truth. I don't think so either. But anyway, there are five words that I'm just going to touch on and then get to the main thing because this will lead me into that, actually, this scripture. But the Lord said there were five words that start with the letter A that you need to be aware of, you need to have some understanding of in this day. The first one is the word that starts with the letter A, the apostasy. Say apostasy. It's an exciting word. It should be because it gives you an indication of where we are and what's happening and what God is doing. But the word means abandon, disavow, turning from or falling away from the faith. How many of you know somebody that at one time was on fire and they were truly following the Lord, but it just seems today they're somewhere else. They don't know that you're, they're following the, the Lord or not anymore. Do some of you know people like that? And most of us do. Well, what does the Scripture say? Now, there's some people that will fight you and say that's not going to happen. Their doctrines don't allow for the apostasy. But the Bible does, so we have a problem. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 4. Now, the Spirit explicitly says. What does it mean, explicitly? It means there's no room for doubt, no confusion. There's no controversy here. Your opinion doesn't matter. It's what the Spirit says. Now, the Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith 
And it tells us how that's going to happen in the scripture. Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. There are doctrines of demons. How many of you know that? Teachings. That's what the word doctrine means. They'll speak lies and hypocrisy. Their conscience will be seared like a hot iron. You know, it seems a little hypocritical to say we want to protect one border while you leave your own borders wide open. Something not right about that message. Speaking lies and hypocrisy. Their own conscience have been seared. It goes on, it says in that portion of Scripture, if you instruct brethren, or if you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of good doctrine. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, after commanding Timothy to preach the word, you remember he said, for the time will come when they, God's people even, will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, they will acquire for themselves teachers who will what? You know, tickle their ears, they'll have itching ears, they'll turn away from the truth and turn aside to fables. In other words, they will leave certain places and they'll go wherever they can find someone that'll tell them what they want to hear. And they'll puff up the flesh. You know, I remember I come from the day where they said you should comfort the afflicted in your message, but you should also afflict the comfortable. And America needs affliction as well as being comforted. We need both. And then after encouraging young Timothy to guard what was committed to his trust... He said, avoid all the profane and the idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge, that by professing some have strayed from the faith. And the word strayed means to apostatize. Now look over, I'm going to read this one. This is over in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 5. Thank you for bearing with me. We've got to get through some words and then we'll get to the main thing. But look in verse 5. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? It's amazing how we forget things the Bible tells us not to forget. What's he talking about? We'll look in verse 3. Let no one deceive you by any means. For that day, what day? Back in verse 1. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together with him. Sounds pretty plain. Don't be shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or word, whatever. He goes on, and uh, so let's read all and what it says. So let us, verse 3, let no one deceive you by any means that that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. So we're going to have to deal With the Antichrist, that in itself is going to cause some people to fall away because they were going by a different agenda, different than the Bible. And uh, so they gave in to vain babblings. And they'll even argue with God. So what he's doing. And then 2 Peter chapter 3, You therefore, brethren, beloved, see you know these things before, Beware lest you also be led away with the error of the wicked. And there are many people today who are being led away. Now how do you, this is a real quick message on the apostasy. I'm not going full steam into that. How would you overcome the apostasy? 
by hearing the truth, making sure you know by whom you're hearing from. You don't just hear anything from anyone. You know those that labor among you. And you know what they say is true because they preach the word, not their opinion. Opinions everyone has. The word we all have if we just look and read. And uh, so anyway, you love the truth. Only those that have a love for the truth. You can't convince anybody what's going on in this hour if they don't have a love for the truth. It's loving the truth by which you will be saved. And then you believe and you stand and you don't back off. And that's so there's the apostasy. Secondly, the second word that starts with an A is the apocalypse. Now the books of Daniel and Revelation, these are apocalyptic literature. We know that. You know, if you ask the world what the apocalypse means, they'll tell you, well, it's the destruction, the final. It's as almost as if some in the world are looking forward to that. And they are, because their God is the God of this world. He's the one that steals, kills, and destroys. So they are egging him on. And they can't wait for their master to create confusion and destruction because they believe out of confusion, an order, a new order, a new world will be established. So they're doing all they can to create havoc. They're, they're servants of their father, the devil. And this is what he does. That's what that's his job description. Our job is to mess it up. But it means much more. The apocalypse, we know, if you just focus on that, you got to focus on what it really means. It means the revealing, the unfolding of the Lord Jesus. It's uncovering, taking the cover off and letting the world see who he is. Jesus. Now, we know him. Most people know him as the son of man, that he was born a man. But he is the son of God. He's both. And we know also, we've already looked at this as a church. And I'm so glad I get to be here because I get to hear all the things that are spoken. I love all the guys that come here and the gals that speak from this pulpit. Because I'm a learner too. I'm a disciple. And since I've been showing up, I have heard it all. And I feel like God's given us a great foundation so that when these days come, I'm not going to be shaken. You're going to find people out there you thought were the strongest Christians you've ever known. And they're going to be shaken to the core. Because they weren't told. They weren't firmly rooted. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And not everybody, not everyone's covering all, the whole message. They have bits and pieces. And besides, if they told them everything, they would probably lose some folks. And uh, so that kind of, that, that, there's a whisper in their ear. Don't say some things that person might leave and they're a big giver. I learned a long time ago, you know who my big giver is? It's it's God in heaven. And if he, if he stops giving, you're in trouble. But he's not stopped giving. And I'm so thankful for that. But anyway, the revealing of Jesus. Are people going to be offended in this hour? Because they don't know what the Bible says. Now, I'm not going to get into all this. but Because uh, we don't have time. I want to get to the main thing. I want to be faithful. But um, I read something this weekend that startled me. You know, there's the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And they were talking. And I, this sounded good to me. I, I, something resonated. We know the first horse is this, you know, white. He's got a crown. 
But he's the Antichrist. He goes out conquering and to conquer. And he's got, you know, a bow, but he doesn't have any arrows. How many of you knew he didn't have any arrows? I didn't really pay much attention. He doesn't have any arrows. And as I read this, it said, you know, this is the Antichrist conquering a people without firing a shot. The shot that he's firing is deception. Just like Jesus said, take heed that no man deceive you. And I believe that horse has been riding pretty well across America. Conquering and conquer because through deception. The opposite of the truth. But anyway, we're going to have to get into all these four horses. You know what the second horse is, don't you? It's the fiery red horse, the horse of war. And uh, they've been given temporarily authority to take peace from the earth. And then there's the famine and then death. It's an exciting time. You know, I think about that scripture in Jeremiah. You know, if you run with the footmen and they wearied you, what are you going to do when the horses show up? You better learn to run with footmen, stand on the word of God, know who you are, know who he is inside of you. So there's the apostasy, there's the apocalypse, and then the third word was Armageddon. Now defined, it's the place, the final battle, Har, Megiddo, put it all together. We'll talk about it in detail at another time. But it's basically the forces of the beast and the Antichrist in this final battle against the armies of heaven. Guess who wins? Anyway, Armageddon, it only appears once in the Bible, but it's pretty important, obviously, in designating the place of the great battle. And it will coincide with the second coming of Jesus but it's there where all the host of evil will be destroyed forever. And so John, in the Revelation, he sees the final triumph of God at Armageddon. And he offers the persecuted Christians, you have to understand the context, comfort and hope as they're walking through what they're walking through, that there will come ultimate victory. And so we have to let people know, we may go through the fire, but there's... You're going through the fire. There is another side coming. You go through the valley of the shadow of death. You don't fear evil. Because God is with you and the final victory is the Lord's. Anyway, there's so much more that you could talk about that. The apostasy, the apocalypse, Armageddon. Now here's the next one. How in the world could you get that out of this Uganda? Because I believe if I read Acts chapter 2 correctly, there's another word that starts with the letter A, and that is an awakening. In the midst of this stuff? Are you seriously? Seriously. He said it will come to pass. So there's a lot passing away. These horses are going to cause a lot to pass away. A big segment of the earth. Billions of people. Anyway, lots passing away. But there's something coming to pass. And in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit. There will not be one place on the face of the earth that will not have some example of this being fulfilled. A testimony of an outpouring of the spirit of God. And then he goes on and 
There are a lot of things. I'm going to pour out my spirit. But look in verse 21. And it shall come to pass. There it is again. It's going to, if, if the first thing came to, is going to come to pass, how many of you think verse 21 is going to come to pass? It shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It sounds like to me that in the midst of whatever is taking place on planet earth, a lot of people are going to get ready for heaven. This whoever calls on the name of the Lord. I think that speaks to, it means personal salvation, but I think it's national salvation. Nations are going to call on the Lord in this hour. And God is going to show himself faithful. You know, there are goat nations. You're going to have to know how to live in the midst of a goat nation. Be a sheep, even among the goats. But there are also sheep nations. And so we got to know how to survive and know how to live and do the will of God regardless. Because the world is not going to stop God's word and God's will. If I understand his will is going to be done on the earth just as it is in heaven. But what's required, and Alan Smith spoke about this Friday night, just because it's God's will that something happened doesn't mean it's going to happen. Somebody has to agree. Somebody has to cooperate and walk out the will of God. It's the will of God that none should perish. Is that going to happen? I would love for it to happen. That's our aim. That's our goal. That's what we go for, Lord. It's your will that none perish. But men will have to make a choice. You know, we're living in a great, I believe, a valley of decision in this, in this moment in history. Nations are determining their destiny. Individuals, regions, states are determining from the... They think they're voting on men's bills and resolutions. They're actually standing before God and they're making a decision as to whom they will serve. Whether they will serve the Lord God Almighty or they'll serve their own selves and the bales of this hour. But anyway, most of you know that uh, about 10 months ago, I received an invitation to preach on the radio in um, Uganda, and I thought at first, I didn't think much of it. I thought, you know, because you, you know, after a while you get invitations from all over and especially in this hour from Pakistan and India. And, and, and you know, I w- you wish you could do it all. How I many of you know, you wish you could help everybody on the planet, but you can't. So anyway, you know, this stuff happens, and I didn't take it that serious. But then, I, I don't know, something in me said, no, you should do this one time just to see what happens. So I did. And that was 10 months ago. I had no idea what God was going to do I had no, no idea that what I, that little simple radio program, an internet program that goes into Uganda and the nations around, I had no idea that 30,000 people, and this was an old report, would call into the station and give their lives to Jesus. And that's an old report. I had no idea that uh, we would have to start discipleship meetings. And I had one yesterday, and they were, I don't know, they said there would be hundreds and hundreds and we did it early, you know, there are different time zones. you got to get up. It's no problem, I don't mind. And anyway, I had no idea. They were sharing, they opened up with testimonies. After testimony, 
It was African time, you know, so you're not in a hurry. After testimony, after testimony, and one young man, I told Shirley, you got to come look at this guy. He looked, he was about 26 years old, and, uh, but he was standing up, and he had a bright smile on his face. And I couldn't understand a word he's saying. They're trying to interpret, you know, but I don't understand Ugandan. I barely understand English, but, you know, he's, he's man, this guy's glowing. And then they send me a picture of before and after. I know why he was glowing. The guy was bound. He could not walk. He could not talk. He was bound where he couldn't even get up. He's laying. He was bound, stricken by the devil. And Jesus set him free by listening to a radio program. And I I just was amazing. Now, you know, 1 Corinthians says it's not those who plant or those who water that are that much of anything. It's the Lord that brings the increase. It's not about who you are. But you know, we, I, we're having these discipleship times to try to encourage the new believers. So we're going to set up all over the country. We're trying to pass out Bibles. We need thousands of Bibles. Thousands of Bibles. I believe you know, they've been praying over there that we would meet a billionaire that could buy all the Bibles we need. And I'm going to believe I'm going to meet him. Because they need, they need the word of God. I mean, I told them, I said, now you guys, we sent, I don't know, we sent 2,200 or something yesterday. So what did they get? 163 Bibles? That's all for $2,200. I said, so if you don't get a Bible, go into someone's home that has a Bible. And read it together as a group. But I want to do all we can. Now, a quick history of Uganda. You need to know. January the 25th, 1971, General Idi Amin overthrew the established government. It was a coup. I don't know if it happened during the election. Sometimes that happens. You overthrow a nation by overthrowing the election. It's something that's happened many times in history. And if the righteous allow it to happen, it can happen. The thief has come to steal kill and destroy. It's what the thief does. But we're going to be there in just a moment. But anyway, so Idi Amin declares himself president of Uganda. That began an eight-year regime of slaughter. 300,000 Ugandans were massacred. His policies, for example, he began, you know, they, he began to attack the Indians, the Asians, and the Pakistanis, and their businesses. You see, that's how you come in the back door. You attack a certain ethnic group, run them out, and many of those who own businesses, their businesses, they were no longer in existence. That'd be one way to bring about a financial disaster of a nation. And anyway, it's like the devil hadn't changed. He just changes clothes. He gets different people to do his bidding. But anyway, it launched Uganda into an economic collapse, decline. It's going on through this day. Christians were persecuted, especially those who in any way were connected to the former president. Because Why? Because they were a threat. He began to terrorize the general public by using the nation's intelligence community. He would use the UBI, Ugandan Bureau of Investigation, whatever they called them. I don't know that that's what they called them. 
but he used the intelligence agencies to find out where his enemies were and he would destroy them. It's happened many times in history, so many examples. Now it was not until the people of Uganda, some of the exiles that had left the nation, and the Tanzanians, thank God for the Tanzanians, they rose up and took control that the horror finally came to an end. And you have to resist tyranny or tyranny will resist you. You have to make a choice where the Spirit of the Lord is, so there's liberty. And those who have the Spirit of the Lord have to let, they have to rise up and be who they're called to be and trumpet the truth. But anyway, there's no doubt that what happened with the Israeli commandos. How many of you remember the raid on, the raid on Entebbe? You know, the Israeli commandos went in and rescued these hostages in the Entebbe airport. I don't know where that happened along the scheme of things, but it had to, and it definitely discouraged Idi Amin. It set him back, and I believe it was key to seeing victory. Now, he was never brought to justice. He fled to Saudi Arabia. You see, what the devil will do, he'll use certain people to do his bidding and in some way convince them that he's going to protect them. Well, he only protects them for a short time. You see, Jesus is the one that said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'll come again. There where I am, you may be also. The enemy's prepared a place for his servants too. And it's the same place he will end up in one day. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. And all of those that serve him on this earth are going to stand right beside him. They think their master is going to give them some great wealth or great position of power. They're going to be in for a great rude awakening. Now, Idi Amin died in 2003. Now, a young lady by the name of Annie, she lived on the streets. She ate from the trash from eight, the age eight to age 20. Her parents were missionaries. They were persecuted and imprisoned for their faith. She said one day her parents were in a home and they were worshiping and praying. One of the men that was a part of their gathering who was actually praying in the spirit was a spy. Lord, how can that be? Anyway, he went out and told the police, reported them. They came in and arrested them and brought them off, began to beat them in prison. Annie's mom was pregnant with her. And they began to beat and torture their parents, her parents. But the parents in prison began to pray for their captors. And the Holy... Now this is... How does this happen? The Holy Spirit fell in the jail. And the guards gave their life to Jesus Christ. This is the testimony. I'm just telling you what she told me. They got saved and they released the parents. You know, that's not a bad idea. Just If there were massive salvation, things would change pretty quickly. I think that may be part of God's plan. But anyway, so when they're out, the mother is rushed to the hospital where Annie is birthed. But the mother dies because her blood pressure is so great. And Annie, they said, should have died. 
but she lived. So Annie and her siblings could not believe that God was real because of what their parents, the stories that they heard of their parents. So she started selling herself on the streets. As I said, lived in utter, it was the valley of darkness. She said she would sleep under a mango tree. And that was her place. If she didn't, she'd go to the trash bins or a heap, a trash heap, which is probably all along the streets. But she would sleep under the mango tree. She said she was raped many times. At one time in particular, she said, she got pregnant, was forced to have an abortion, and it almost killed her. So there were a number of times she almost died. She said there were preachers who would show up from time to time by the mango tree, and they'd give her, you know, some money or something maybe. And uh, but talked to her about Jesus, but it never made sense. And then finally there was a, a couple that came and took her home with them. And uh, she got saved. A total turnaround, and uh, her life was transformed, and now she's 30 years old. Or she got married at 30 years old. She may be about 34, 35 now, but unless she would have been older than that. No, probably about that, but she was, she was 30. She got married, and now she has two beautiful girls. In 2017, God spoke to her heart to go to where she came from the mango tree, the trash bins, and find those that are dying, hurting, you know, the wounded, the poor. And so she'd go in and minister to them and love them and preach on the streets until the lockdowns came two years ago. And uh, so they closed everything down, and so she could not go back on the streets and preach and reach out. Her husband bought her uh, a radio spot, on Grace Radio 92.6 in Mubara, Uganda. So she would preach on the radio until the lockdowns caused her husband to lose his job. He had no money, so they had to get off of that. But somehow she's listening to the gathering in Moravian Falls, North Carolina, from Uganda. And she said the Lord spoke to her about asking that man to, to purchase radio time and that she would interpret for him. Well... Ten months later, 30,000 that we know of people, but many, many more. Now, Annie's goal one day is to go back and have enough money. That's another reason for that billionaire, is to build a rescue center there under the mango tree where she can rescue those that are perishing, dying, being abused. And uh, so that's her ultimate goal. But during the uh, mean years... Many Christians obviously were massacred. It's what happens when tyranny comes because it's an ultimately a war against God and against His anointed. And that's also found in Psalm chapter 2. The war is against God and those who follow Him. That's how it ends up in the book of Revelation. It's the same thing. But anyway, the believers would escape up into the mountains where they would have prayer meetings and gatherings. And, but they began to pray, and they felt like the Lord gave them a prophetic word that God would raise up a president that would give them freedom. And guess what happened? God did it. Now, this is what's exciting. They sent me a video. Get ready, guys. They sent me a video. It's only about 40 seconds of something that God had planned for Uganda. 
This prophecy was spoken by Benny Hinn in 2019. Okay, go ahead, play that. I tell you, I see a vision. I see a mighty move of the Holy Ghost in Uganda. A mighty move of the Holy Spirit will begin in Uganda in 2022. Exactly three years from today. A mighty, mighty Holy Ghost revival restoration will come to the nation of Uganda. Praise His holy name. Praise Lord. Hallelujah. When they send me that video, I said, are you kidding me? It's 2022. And it's happening. And you know, the nations need a, they need an encouragement. They need to know that God is doing more than the enemy's doing. And Acts chapter 2 is a word that you can bank on. And it shall come to pass. Here's some of the testimonies. In addition to the people. And this is the only ones we know. There are many that have come to the Lord we don't know. But there are many people. This is the testimonies they're sending. Are falling down under the conviction and power of the Holy Spirit. How can that happen? When the Holy Spirit begins to convict of sin. That's how it can happen. Because you have nowhere to go but down. And repentance and then God lifts you up. You look up. You know, you look up when you get knocked down. There are nations that have been knocked down in this hour, so you'll look up. Your salvation comes from above. And then there's genuine repentance, sorrow. Here, a man had been working in the Arab Emirates, Dubai. He lost his job. His son lost his job as well. They had nowhere to live. His daughter was listening to Grace Radio and the weekly broadcast from Moravian Falls. No, actually, from my back porch over there. You know, on my app, iPad in the woods. So she's listening, and she told her dad, Dad, you need to listen to this, this preacher. Listen to this message. He did. He gave his life to Jesus. He was so burdened for his son, he started praying. God gave his son a job. His son got saved. And the only testimony he has, how did this happen? He says it was the power of God that did it. I remember the first discipleship meeting that we had. Because the crusades are on Wednesday. And I preached a simple gospel. But we're doing these discipleship. The first time the internet connection was terrible. And I felt like it was an absolute dud. I said, God, I wasted my time, wasted the money. Lord, that was an absolute, they couldn't understand. Because I would start speaking and she couldn't hear me. Then she'd speak and I couldn't hear her and I didn't know. So I thought it was a dud. In many ways, it was the beginning of what God wanted to do. Because it happened in 2022. I looked back at that and I said, God, that must have been when the Spirit walked in. Because the testimonies were amazing. Because it wasn't about a man. It's about the power of God. A Muslim man, he gave his testimony at that discipleship meeting. He was, had breathing problems. He couldn't sleep. He was burdened for his children. They had no jobs. But since receiving Jesus through the radio, he was healed. There's no more breathing issues. His testimony is he sleeps like a baby. 
And all his children are working now. And he said, it's the power of the Holy Ghost. A woman saved on radio. Her father was depressed, poisoned himself, tried to kill himself. The lady, after coming to Jesus, went to her father. And now this says, I, 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 we have to get further explanation. This says he came back to life. You mean physical life? Or sp All I know is he came back to life. And her testimony is, the power of God has touched my father. Amen. Another lady with ulcers, Jesus, she received Jesus on the radio. She was saved, healed of the ulcers. A testimony of a family, great turmoil in the family. She heard a message on reconciliation. I don't remember which one, but she gave her life to Jesus. She's reconciled with her family. There's peace in her home. She said, Jesus is reigning in our home. He's reigning. How can that be? Because he is king. That's how it can be. Janet, a tumor on her uterus scheduled for an operation, was listening to the radio. During prayer, she placed her hand on the radio. She said the power of God came through the radio and touched her. She went for a scan, and they, she said there's no more tumor. Lady with breast cancer. She was sent home from the hospital to take medicine for three weeks to prep for the surgery. But during the three weeks, she was flicking through the dial. She listened to Grace Radio, found Grace Radio 92.6 FM. She said, uh, then she went to the discipleship meeting, the one I told you I thought was a dud. She said, the power of God fell at that discipleship meeting. The cancer dried up. She heard the Lord's voice. She gave her life to Jesus. She heard the Lord tell her, I am your healer, and I'm going to heal you. She went back for her operation. There was no need for any operation. James, a Muslim man, received Jesus. He was kicked out of his home. You know, if you choose to follow Christ as a, in a Muslim home, they may throw you out. So guess what God did? He caused the parents to listen to Grace Radio. And they gave their lives to Jesus. And they got on their phone. They called their son. They said, you need to come home. We have some news. Something we need to tell you. And anyway, the family all decided to bow. It's the way it was. They bowed before the Lord Jesus Christ. The whole family. It reminds me, you know, one time I had uh, Cameron, and I've shared this. Cameron has a ministry in Iran to Muslims. Preaches in their language. Farsi language, and I said, I want you to come share your testimony on the program. So Cameron shares. <laughs> we were told after that there were 60 that we know of in one village, 60 Muslim families heard the testimony and gave their lives to Jesus Christ. The entire family, 60 families. And that's just the reports that we get. Gideon was believing for a godly wife. He called and asked for prayer. I think I remember that prayer request because God gave me a wife. I've always felt, well, if he does it for me, he'd do it for you. And then when he called in, he said, I want to report that last Saturday I was in a wedding, my own. Grace hated herself, deep depression. Started listening to Grace Radio. God has changed her. She's free. She's free from depression. A prostitute for 17 years had her uterus removed due to many abortions. She contacted HIV. She never knew God could forgive her. She felt like 
the scum of the earth. She listened. She felt love for the first time in her life. And on that program gave her life to Jesus. And now her testimony is, I am highly favored of the Lord. And I remember hearing later on in a different group of testimonies that there were five, three or five prostitutes in one particular city. They happened to listen to the radio, all of them, gave their life to Jesus, and they publicly let people know, we are closed for business. We're out of the prostitute business. We're going to serve Jesus. That's what they told me. These were determined they're going to follow Jesus Christ. Timothy's wife had left home, started listening. He believed God to restore his family. His wife is home. Pastor Moses, there was no, nowhere to house his church. Land was given to him after listening and through prayer. With all the documents, it turned over the land. And now his church is thriving. I remember them saying that many churches are starting to fill up. People are coming to the churches. When God shows up in a nation, the churches will fill up with people. Because they're looking for answers. They're looking for hope. There are many are Muslims. Here's a, a Muslim man had back issues. He and his grandson, pr- were, they prayed that God would heal them. Both he and their grandson were healed. He and their grandson healed together, said, let's receive Jesus together. They gave their lives to Jesus. Another, she was dedicated to demonic spirits as a young child. Her parents made a covenant and that she would be dedicated to what they call ancestral spirits. You guys probably know what that is. Sounds bad to me. She was depressed. She always wanted to kill herself. She, she just happened to visit a friend who happened to be listening to Grace Radio. She sat down waiting for the program to end so she could speak to her friend. At the end of the program, she gave her life to Jesus Christ. She said for the first time she felt love. She was free. She said, Jesus has healed my life from destruction. Many have been healed of COVID. People listening, they said they were on one, I mean, there were certain situations. Seemed like I remember a ventilator, but many were healed. Ten-year-old boy listening to the radio, blind from birth. The mom had faith. Must be something about putting your hand on the radio. So she puts her hand on the radio. She tells her son, put your hand on the radio. Jesus, the power of God, touched the 10-year-old boy he can see today. Now, this one is mind-boggling. They said, and I shared this, 55 witch doctors along the Tanzanian border. Their, jo- their job was to curse the churches and curse... In fact, they said one of the curses they would put on the churches is that the people would fall asleep in the churches. They must have been some of them witch doctors. I, you know, they must make their rounds. They have house calls. But anyway, all 55 witch doctors gave their life to Jesus Christ. They're not cursing the churches anymore. And that there's so many other. I shared with you about one of the, I think it was the second discipleship meeting. You know, I'm just talking about the basics of discipleship and prayer and faith. The relationship. It's not a religion. And your faith is not in a man. It's in God. You have to remind them. And, but anyway, I've just felt, well, how do you close this? 
You know, I said, I just pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Did he not say he's going to pour out his spirit? At the same time, a bunch of folks are going to get saved. So I prayed, and they cut off the Zoom, and when they sent me the video, guess what happened? The Holy Spirit fell. The fire of God fell. One pastor from Congo, he was listening, he texted me, he said, the message was so simple. But as I began to listen, I could not stop crying. And we've gotten reports, not only in Uganda, and now we're going to go all over the nation to do these, you know, discipleship meetings where I can see their faces. And yesterday I could see them through the Zoom. On Wednesdays I can't see them. We're just at a radio station, but they're going to go all over now. But it's broken out into Congo, into Tanzania, Rwanda, and Kenya. And I believe, you know, Benny Hinn, he said in three years, God said there's a mighty move of the Holy Spirit coming to Uganda. Now, why did I tell you that story? Well, one thing is we're supposed to shout what God is doing among the nations. Because I believe it can happen in any nation. And it can happen in this nation. Nothing is impossible. And maybe it's gotten to the point where it looks impossible to man. But it's not impossible with God. Now go to Romans chapter 10. This is where we'll... Actually, I may come back and read one scripture in Acts, but I want to read this. Look in verse 14 of Romans chapter 10. And he says, And how then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And you know, also, there have been many more testimonies. I couldn't read them all. Some of them just, I, I just, Lord, how could this be? Well, it can be because with God all things are possible. But how shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Somebody getting up and saying, this is Jesus. God loves you. And he can change the things going on in your life. He can turn it all around. He's a mighty God. It's just somebody has to trumpet that. Be willing to go. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? They get the opportunity. And I believe we have the most amazing opportunity right now at our fingertips. Over the internet. We've known a lot. That's why we put these nets up here. That's why my email address is harvestnow at earthlink.net. Because I knew we would cast the nets. Shirley's been telling me for years, get rid of that old email account. Because I get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails. I can't even figure out the ones that are important. She says, just dump it. I'm not going to dump that email. Earthlink, harvestnow at earthlink.net. Sound like a good plan to me. God, he gave me that 25. When did they came out with Earthlink? You know when the cavemen came out, you know, they, they discovered the wheel. Earthlink, well, anyway, that's not the case. But anyway, I'm not giving it up. So if you email me and I don't answer, just email me again. I didn't mean to mess it, miss it up. Yeah, I just, and of whom they not heard and without a preacher, and how shall they preach unless they're sent as it is written? Now look at this. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. 
Now, how many of you know that's not talking about Thomas's feet or your feet or my feet? I don't know about you. My feet are not that beautiful. Anyway, I'm just going to tell you what it means. It means that wherever you're sent, it's timely, seasonable. It means you're in your prime and you're blooming. That means when you obey God, when you do what he sent you to do, your feet are going to be much more beautiful. I'm telling you, because you're in the right place at the right time, you're in your prime doing what God created you to do. And you're going to bloom and blossom. That's why that prayer meeting, that's why that training is happening. I'm convinced it's blooming. Now, we know what uh, the gospel means. What does it mean? Good news. How many of you know good news, for good news to be good news, if you tell good news in the midst of some really bad news, that good news is going to seem really good. How many of you notice there's a lot of bad news in the nations, bad news on the news? That's all the news is, is bad news. It's 99.99999% inaccurate, but it's bad news. Well, the good news is what we have to offer. Now, what is the good news? It's timely. It's timely. I, listen, I just happened to be the right man at the right place who said, I'll do that radio program. You got to be the right person at the right place. It means God's perspective rather than your own. Good news is God's perspective. Does that make sense? Man's perspective versus God's. Okay, this is what the earth says. What does heaven say? And we agree with heaven. Let it be done. It's also truth. It's also eternal versus the temporary. Because everything in this world is going to pass away. There's things passing away. There are things coming to pass. We live on the side of what's coming to pass. And we have great expectancy. It's the answer. It's the solution to the problems that we face. Now, I said there were five words that started with the letter A. You remember them? Can you repeat them? The apostasy, the apocalypse, Armageddon. We'll go back and look at all that on a rainy day. And the, but the awakening. There's one more A. What do you think that is? Let me tell you what it is. Annie. It's the Annies of the world that God's looking for in this hour who will rise up out of the ashes and from out from under the mango trees and the trash heap of life encounter Jesus Christ and then go and make a difference and if you're if they're locked down you don't stop if your husband loses his job you don't stop if they pull the plug she's not going to stop she's going to go out there and she's going to find those that need a savior and need to know that God loves you you may be in the ash heap, but God loves you right where you are. We need the Annies of the world to rise up. Now look in verse 16. Now let's go back to Acts. No, let's just stay in Romans. <laughs> just, is that okay? Change my mind. Because this is a great way to end it up. How beautiful are the feet 
of those who preach the gospel of peace. There's never been a time in America like right now. Somebody sent me a message, before I read it, somebody sent me last night a message, Reuben, to listen to Billy Graham. As you know, he's been my hero since I was a little kid. And Anyway, it was on um, Belshazzar out of Daniel. And uh, when the writing is on the wall, and I listened to that message, boy, was it timely. When did he preach that? 40 years ago, 35, 30, I, I don't know from St. Louis, but boy, was that a timely word on the handwriting on the wall. And you know, I thank God, Billy Graham had a great opportunity in his hour, because they'd show the crowd, and in those days, people, they went with expectancy. They filled that arena in St. Louis to capacity, night after night after night. And they were hungry. And I look around today and I say, God, where's the hunger? Where are the people that are running to the stadiums and want to hear the gospel? And I've almost felt like, God, how come I couldn't be born in that hour? And then the Lord reminded me, you're born for this hour. This is a greater hour than Billy could have ever known. Because the harvest is ripe. The wheat, the fields are ready. The people, may, they're in captivity. There's never been a greater hour for the power of God to be made known in our nation. Jesus came to set the captives free. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And when the Spirit is Lord in you and you're moving in His will, there will be great liberty. Now, but the annies of the world, the annies of the world rising up. Look in verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Not a word of man. The word of a woman. That God uses people. They water some plant. But God brings the increase. But I say. Have they not heard? Yes indeed. Their sound has gone out to all the earth. And their words. To the ends of the world. And I believe God is doing it again. Now, in the midst of all the testimonies, Annie, the interpreter, sent me a dream that she had. This was back in November, November 21st. How's that around our Thanksgiving? I think it was around Thanksgiving. She said, in the dream, we, we he, she and I, were in a great crusade, and there were many people she says, as I gazed into the sky, I saw ten people. They looked like people wearing shining white crowns. Three of the ten descended. They were obviously angelic beings. Descended into the crowd. One of the beings came and stood right beside her. And he had a trumpet in his hand. And he, be he began to blow the trumpet so that all could hear. She said her reaction was, whoa, God, you're coming to take a lot of people to heaven. And she said she started repenting of everything in the dream that she could ever think she might have need of repentance for. She's just repenting, God, I want to be right with you. Forgive me, have mercy, Jesus, forgive me. She said, please, God, now that you've come to take many people to heaven, don't leave me alone. Don't leave me alone.
And I believe right now there's a trumpet that's blowing in Uganda. That flag is really, there's a wind blowing. You don't see it, but I do. It's blowing, the, the wind. And it's spreading. And I pray that it spreads all over the earth. I, listen, we should ask God for big things. Believe He's a big God. He's much bigger than what we would ever imagine. Way beyond our imagination. And I pray that He causes it to blow in this land because we're in the valley of decision. You know my own understanding. I don't know if America can be saved. I know what God's will is. But will men bow before God? I don't know what men will do, but I know what I will do. And the key is what will you do? What will you do in your nation and in this place? Will you bow? You know, one day every knee will bow. Even those that refuse to bow in this hour, one day they will bow before him and profess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But you've got to make that decision why you have the opportunity to make it. And this is the day of salvation. So I want to pray. I want to uh, come on up. Marla, we want to pray for people as we often do, and we will always. This is not a time to hold back. Linda reminds me all the time, don't you hold back. Not the time to hold back. This is the hour. And so we want to give people an opportunity. There's coming an hour you will not have another opportunity to be saved. There will come the day the door is shut. But this is not that day. And you can be saved, and that's what we want to pray. There are people that have come, and I believe there will be people here this morning that need a Savior. And the same God that's moving in Uganda is moving in America. I believe it. You've got to have expectancy here somewhere. You've got to have faith. Whatsoever is not a faith is sin. Probably the American church is guilty of not having the faith. Believe, just believe that God is with you, that He's moving even in the weakness of your own understanding and that God is still God, He's moving. And I'm going to just pray people be saved. Then we're going to pray for healings. That guy I saw yesterday bound up on the floor. I don't know how, how long he was that way, but he couldn't talk. Couldn't move, just bound, stricken by the devil. Jesus came and broke the bonds, set that man free. Shared his testimony yesterday. They started roaring in the crowd. I've wondered what they were roaring about. Then when I found out, I said, wow, that's a reason to roar. If I'd have been in that crowd, I'd have roared too. I'd have sat on the back row and I'd have been roaring, Jesus, you're a mighty God. You're awesome in power, wisdom, authority, goodness. And, uh, but he can do anything. He can heal cancers. He can reverse bad decisions that you made. Just confess it. You look to man's antidote, and now you're suffering for it. And there are a lot of people suffering because they saw man's solution. Did you believe men were going to tell you the truth? You know that scripture, let God be true and every man a liar. This is probably the hour that verse was written about. Because most men are liars. But those who declare what God said, they're telling you the truth. And the truth is, you can be healed. You can be free. God can come and break the power of that sickness and disease. And 
He can restore your immune system. He can restore your immune system. God can do it. I'm telling you what the debt, what man, what the devil has done, God's going to use it to display the works of our God. And Jesus is going to get glory. Nothing, nothing he can't, there's nothing he can't do. So we're going to pray right now, and I want to pray just to receive Jesus. And if you're in this room, the conviction, you can't come to him when you want to. You come when he draws you. It's the drawing power of the Holy Spirit. And then you respond by faith. You have to confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that God has raised his son from the dead. But you, you must be willing to repent. That means change, make an about face. God will help you. How many of you found he'll help you? You just say, Lord, I, this is sin. Confession means you call sin, sin. You don't explain it away. This is sin. I am guilty. I confess it. And now, Lord, I confess you and I turn. And that's where we're going to pray and then you receive him. So just pray this prayer if you want to know Jesus. You don't know how late the hour is, my friend. If it is much later than we think. And I'm believing God for big things. But how can you plan tomorrow? You just move when He's moving upon you. You take advantage of that moment. You redeem the time because the days are extremely evil. But we have a more than extreme, good, merciful God that sent His Son, Jesus, to display that love. And that He died and He rose from the dead. So just say, Dear God, I need You. I believe in Jesus, that He is the Son of the living God, that He lived a sinless life. He died and rose from the dead. And I thank You, He shed His blood for me. I confess my need of a Savior. And I acknowledge my sin. And I turn to you for salvation. And I call on your name. And the Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I thank you for salvation. Thank you for doing it, Lord. God, I pray right now for people that need healing. If you need healing, just stand where you are. Say, I need healing. I need a touch from God. If you're watching, just stand where you are. Maybe you are standing. But just make some movement of faith. You know, just step up, whatever. But just say, God, I'm standing. I need a touch from heaven. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. The same God that healed the 10-year-old boy as he placed his hand upon the radio. I ask you, God, to touch people right now. And Lord, just like I pray every day on that radio, I bind the darkness in the name of Jesus. And I bind every demonic plan and plot and scheme. And I thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus Christ that not only forgives but heals and sets captives free. And I pray, God, for our nation. I pray for a mighty move of the Holy Spirit. Lord, just like Benny Hinn. God, I want to tell him. I want him to know his, that prophecy came to pass. 
Well, maybe you could arrange he could watch this somehow. But I want him to know God honored your word. And the Holy Spirit is being moved, poured out in Uganda and all that region. And I pray, God, that the Spirit of the Lord, Lord, I'm going to agree with your word. You said, it shall come to pass that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And Lord, there's a lot of flesh in our nation. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And you also promised, and it shall come to pass, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we thank you, God, for a great harvest, a great harvest of souls. We pray for our families, our children, household salvation. Lord, if you can save whole households of Muslims, you can save our households. And we pray for that, for our families, God that have gone astray, children that have wandered from the faith because of all the things of the world. God, we pray that things of heaven will become more real than they ever have. And you'll captivate their hearts again and draw them to Jesus. We thank you, God. Lord, touch our leaders. Touch our leaders. Touch the people.